check the mic and make sure it sounds All right, welcome back to the Fortnite Podcast. Derek, Nate, and Bob are with you, and we are excited to be bringing you this episode where we're going to talk about the just-released list of the top 100 courses that you can play, as well as what uh, we saw from the Valspar Championship this past week. Uh, as we are excited and have a lot of anticipation for our trip to the Copperhead course this summer uh, that we're going to be taking uh, together with some of our friends and, uh, and, and each other. And so uh, pretty excited to talk about like those kinds of things, the things that stood out to us, the things we're looking forward to when we show up on the property. And then also we have a really awesome tournament. Uh, so one of the best tournaments, I think, on the, on the PGA Tour schedule each year. Uh, from the Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, we have the Wells Fargo Championship uh, that's going to be taking place this week. Uh, so lots of cool uh, winners uh, from w- the Wells Fargo in the past and uh, lots to look forward to this weekend as we look, uh, as we look ahead and see uh, who's going to be in the field and, and who we might uh, pick to walk away with the win uh, this week. So uh, I'll just throw it out. Uh, I mean, obviously, the the top 100 list got released. Uh, I know Bob. I know you've really looked into this a little bit. What what uh, maybe uh, did you take away from it? Uh, looking at the list and uh, and how many of those courses have you actually gotten a chance to play? You know, this was so exciting today when I saw this come up uh, on uh, golf golf dot com and uh, in the in the golf magazines. It's it's something I am obsessed over, um, to the point where, you know, I used to get the golf magazine, uh, every, every month. And, um, back in about 2004, uh, they, they listed their, you know, their top 100 at the time. And I got the magazine and, uh, you know, we, we have a stack of magazines at our house. Right. And my wife who keeps an immaculate house, was cleaning up and she tossed the magazine in the in the garbage thinking well no. at this point it was well it was it was probably about a year old at the time right <laughs> still and she's like no way that you know we need a magazine from September of 2014 when it's like 2015 or something like that mm. and so she tossed it in the garbage and um, I, a couple of days later I was going searching for it and I'm like where is this magazine it's got the list and I check everything off that I look at and I, I look at everything I, I love courses and I love course design um, so being the wonderful wife she is she went out and found a copy I think at a library or somewhere and bought it so I could have my my 2014 copy left <laughs> so right now in front of me as I'm going through this I've got my 2014 rankings I've got the 2016 rankings they didn't issue the 2018 because they were going through an editor change which really annoyed me because I was looking forward to that. But now they just issued their, uh, I call it 2020, 2021 rankings. So uh, really excited about this one. A um, couple things that I saw from it, though, that, that will take away. First of all, this year they included Mexico, Canada, and the Caribbean in their top 100. Up, up until now, it had just been uh, courses in the U.S., right? So they, they expanded it a little bit, so that made the competition – a little bit harder because it will include places like uh, uh, Cabot Cliffs and in Casa del Campo down in uh, uh, Mexico and, and some of those places that um, that uh, have come up recently in the last couple of years, which I think is good. Um, but uh, it does make it a lot harder to crack that top 100. You got a little bit more. Uh, yeah, you got to have in a there visa and, to get there. <laughs> Well, and just just from the the courses standpoint, I, I counted about twenty one courses 
or 20 courses, sorry, that were international, right? So that just squeezed out some local courses. But uh, a lot of familiar names that are on there, and we'll, we'll go through it. But, um, you know, the to me, um, a lot of the traditional stuff stood out. Uh, the Pebble Beaches of the world, and we'll go through, they're, they're up there. The Pinehursts, the Bandon Dunes courses are all, you know, peppered throughout the top 25. Um, so no, no real surprises there. Uh, as we get down to the bottom is where at least from a, uh, coming from a California guy, there's a couple of courses that surprised me as we get down to the bottom that I've, that I've played that are good, but I'm not sure I would put them in the top 100 good, mm. but, uh, but well, they're pretty good, that's... but we'll get down there. And I think that's an interesting point because I think the list, isn't it the top 100 courses that you can play? Yeah, yes. that's meaning correct. that it's open to the like literally anybody can call up and pay whatever amount that may be required in the case of Pebble, which I, I think is, <laughs> you know, five, six hundred dollars. Uh, but they could play it any given day. Right. So if you happen to be traveling or you find yourself in a certain place, you can always reference this list and kind of find the best courses in the, the area or the region. And anybody, you know, it doesn't require membership or dues or or any type of, uh, you know, sign up. It's just, you know, you can call and, and get a time and go play if you're in the area. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the great part about this list. And I love checking it off. Um, what I've got on here and I've got 21 on this list that I've, that I've played. Um, and then there'll be five more this year that I'll get to cross off, um, based on some of the trips we've got planned so i'm pretty excited about that uh but right now i stand at 21 and they are heavily concentrated in california uh florida and south carolina so which uh makes a lot of sense because those are the three places i've lived as an adult so that's, uh, that's kind of where i stand <laughs> seems about right yeah that does seem about right uh so 21 out of the top 100 for bob uh nate i know for you um, I know that you've played. Uh, I know you've played at least one, two, three, three of the top ten. So uh, Beth Page Black and uh, the Ocean Course at Kiowa, and also TPC Sawgrass. So I know you've played at least three of the top ten, and I know a bunch more as well. Um, so, uh, but. But yeah, I mean, I think for me, looking at the list, I, you know, for me, I've played, uh, I've played nine of the top forty-four courses in, um, on this list, which it, I haven't played any below fifty, um, but I've played nine of the top forty five and uh and then i'll get to play one more uh which is actually number two on the list which finders number two um this this fall uh so i'm excited about playing that uh with you guys and um it, for me the thing i think that stood out and it makes me want to go to bandon even more is that every single course at bandon dunes is inside the top 20 like to think mm-hmm. that you can go on a golf trip and play five golf courses that all rank within the top 20 courses of courses you can play in the united states or in North America, um, like to me, that is, that is substantial, uh, that you can find all of that great golf in one spot. And so, um, it makes me want to go there even more. So I, I, I think that that was surprising to me. Um, I also, um, now I've played and, and don't get me wrong. Like I absolutely love, I absolutely love mid pines. 
uh, golf club. I was just surprised that Mid Pines was number 41 on the list. Like I was surprised that it, it broke the top 50 as one of the, you know, best 50 courses that you can play. Um, cause I mean, I've played it a number of times. I played it like five or six times. Um, and they're like, I played it, I think for like 75 bucks to play 36 holes. So, um, you know, recently, so, um, it's not crazy expensive. You don't have to have a caddy. It's super walkable. Um, I've walked it, I've ridden a cart, um, I've done both, uh, but it's super walkable because of how old it is. It's an old, uh, Donald Ross design. So you can, I mean, tee boxes and greens are super close together. So it's a great course to go and walk, uh, which I also think is one of the things that I think is so unique about a lot of the courses that I see on this list is that a lot of these courses are really great courses to, to walk, um, not necessarily built for a golf cart but are are kind of were built in that old traditional style you know to take a take a nice walk and um and i and i actually like that kind of golf like as a guy who used to caddy um like i like going for a walk like when nate and i went to new york and we played and we played with caddies every day for four days and we walked and they carried our back like that was i, I mean i felt like that that was the way golf is supposed to be played you know, and I know that, you know, with the pace of play and so many other things that you think about, but like when you're going to these really nice uh, elite places, like enjoy the walk. I mean, that's the way I think about it. So I was actually kind of ticked that we weren't able to walk at stream song when we went to stream song last uh, fall, but, um, but you know, it is, it is what it is. And, um, but it was, it was one of those things where like, I, I feel like that's just one of the, that's one of the unique things about a lot of the courses on this list is that, you know, I think, I think, you know, go walk them and enjoy the walk, you know, that, that's a great point Derek. I'm going through my list of, of that, that I've played and I'll go, I'll run through these really quickly. Kiowa, TPC, uh, Sawgrass, Whistling Straits, Harbor Town, the stream song courses, um, a couple in Utah called Sand Hollow, but then Black Wolf Run, um, Rustic Canyon out in California, uh, Harbor Town, May River. And then a couple out in uh, the, the West Coast in the desert out here in Arizona, Wico Pod and PJ West, Torrey Pines, Verona Creek, and some others. And they are all, every one with the exception of TPC Sawgrass and Mauna Kea, which is out in Hawaii that I just got to play about two weeks ago. I walked every single one, and I never put kind of those two and two together. But I think that courses that are built for walking, they just – they are designed in a way that uh, kind of stand the test of time, right? They don't require uh, gimmicky features or they, they don't require terrain that is uh, man-made, right? It's, it tends to be a more natural terrain, tends to be kind of just more uh, into the land. And I think that lends itself to a really good golf course. So I, I like that walk, and that's a great, great little pickup there. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, – it's pretty, I will say one of the things that I, I, I always get a little hung up on these rankings is uh, how they come up with you know what's number one, right? So Pebble Beach is number one. Pebble yeah. is routinely – Pebble, <laughs> Pacific Dunes, and Pinehurst are usually one, two, and three on one order or another on any of these rankings that you do, right? They're all up there. Right. And I, now I haven't played Pebble. Um, I haven't played Pacific Dunes. I haven't played Pinehurst, but I played Kiowa and uh, the Ocean Course, and it's really hard for me to think of a 
course that is better or nicer or more just the whole experience is better than what we got to experience at Kiowa. Um, I just, and I'm not sure how value plays into this, uh, when right. they put these together, if they just throw it out the window. Um, and while Kiowa wasn't cheap, right. It wasn't a $50 round or anything like that. Uh, that might've been the most fun I had on a golf course, uh, in a really long time. Um, so that would be interesting to see how that pairs up when we do get a chance to play Pinehurst number two. And that'd be a good question for you, Nate, because in the in the top ten here, right? So you got Pebble, Pinehurst, Pacific Dunes, um, Bethpage, and Kiowa, all and TPC to round out uh, under the ten. And you've played a bunch of those. I mean, how how would you rank those, right? Like between kind of where you've gone? Yeah. So it, it'd be interesting. I I feel like it. <sighs> And maybe Pac Dune, you know, Pacific Dunes is kind of more recent history because I know that did, I think that's where they played the U.S. Amateur recently, if not mm-hmm. last year than the than the year before. Um, but you would think that Pebble Beach, what separates Pebble Beach is the history, not that Pinehurst Number Two doesn't have that because it certainly does, but it doesn't have Pinehurst Number Two doesn't have breathtaking views of the Pacific either. Right, I think I think you have like, to take in the history plus the scenery. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's probably what sets Pebble apart. Um, it certainly isn't value because uh, about seven hundred bucks <laughs> per round. I, I think that's that's well out the window at that point. You're right, um, but I, I think it would be kind of tradition and, and history and, and major championships and the fact that they've been around since you know the eighteen hundreds. I, I think that that means something for that list, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I think it's interesting to me. I haven't played number two. I've obviously I've been on Pinehurst property and and I'm looking forward to playing to it. Yeah. Right. And I'm looking forward to playing number two. Don't get me wrong. Like I want to play it. Uh, But I have a buddy who played it and he he's like, I have no idea how this makes a top 100 list. He goes, I think it's terrible. (laughs) He literally he's like, I I don't I, I can't even tell you how this like I would much. He's like, I would much rather have like play you know, 50 other courses on any given day than this one. And he goes there to me, he, or to him, not to me, but to him, he's like, you know, there's nothing about it to me that should make any sort of top 100 list ever. Um, which I found surprising because like, he's the only person I've ever heard say that it's not incredible. Like he's the only one I've ever heard say that it's not like one of their favorite courses on the planet that they've ever played. Well, so, I will say I had it's a, interesting to me. I had a buddy who said something similar. Not that number two wasn't amazing, but if he had to, if he could only play one round at Pinehurst, he would take the redesigned four, which is what we played when we were right. around, yeah. which is twenty six on the list, right? And he thought that the re- the Gilhans redesign of number four is better than the the redesign number two, which I thought was pretty interesting. But I also thought number four was amazing, breathtaking. I mean, a ton of fun, uh, very playable, but also challenging at the same time, yeah. which I think sometimes it's hard to find that balance. Right. Uh, but I think they did a really good job on that redesign. Uh, yeah, I, we, I mean, we played it from a really, we played, played it far back, too. I mean, we, we did. Like and I wish the weather, 7,200 yards. The weather could have been a little bit nicer for us. Uh, <laughs> at seven times. holes in, we were like yeah. as far away from the clubhouse as possible, and just That's got right. dumped on for an hour. But thankfully, yeah. they they don't 
you know, they don't give you a rain check, so they get out there with squeegees and squeegee it for you. It makes you feel like you're, yeah. you know, playing in Turn the Turn on the sub air. That's yeah. right. Did um, it really? Yeah. 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 Like within like five minutes, the greens were dried out and felt perfect <laughs> on a hot, like, humid summer day a, in North Carolina. Deluge. Yeah. yeah. But like to one where we literally are standing – because I – and I was an idiot. I didn't pack my <laughs> rain gear or my umbrella because you unpack it because you think you're going to walk. Right. And I never even checked. So I didn't even I didn't even have my umbrella. And <laughs> we were playing with we got paired with two guys from Philly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so uh, so it was a, it was quite the interesting time. We were literally looking at each other, trying to find like a tree or a bush for some. <laughs> cover and like i'm not sure i've ever been this wet on a golf course never never like and so literally everything is soaked socks yeah. shoes shorts like i was trying to hide my phone in my bag so you know in the waterproof <laughs> pouch of my bag so it didn't get soaked like there was and the, there's, like, there's nowhere to hide there's nowhere one, to hide nowhere to go there's one point like the rain just wouldn't stop and i sat down on the ground and nate goes you're gonna sit down on the ground and like nate i'm already soaked like what difference does it make if i sit down on the ground but at this point like i'm not staying any drier like uh, so but it's like oh man he's like i'm just gonna let the rain fall um but like yeah our, our feet were like completely soaked we didn't have extra shoes um like we we literally we walked like the next 13 holes like and it felt like we were walking in water the whole time the course was dry but our feet were soaked yeah um, so we had to but, buy we bought shirts so we could <laughs> i think wear, we bought shorts too i mean i think we so bought we could wear them wear them back for the drive back to derek's house in raleigh so <laughs> stuff. yeah so i that's uh that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, it was it was something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't happen to us. In it was a lot of fun though. The course is the course was really nice, and the if number great. two is better than number four, and you know, I, I, I haven't heard a whole lot of. But that was the only opinion that I heard. Like that, that's kind of how it goes, right? Everybody says, "Oh, you played four. Well, what'd you think of two? I was like, "Well, you know, it's not exactly how it worked out, and it's kind of a yeah. last minute thing. We didn't have a chance to play, and." We didn't really want to pay five hundred dollars to play two right. because there was a chance we weren't going to get to play because of the weather and there's no range. So it was it was a whole thing that we have to explain to everybody. Right. But it'll be interesting to compare the two when right. we yeah. go back in October and right. have kind of a, a apples to apples comparison. Right. Right. And I do think, and I think too, like I think some guys go out. I think some guys go out to number two and they do what we did with number four and they really play it all the way back. That's what we're going to do. Um, right, right. That's what we're going to do. Um, but, like, I do think that for some people, like, to really enjoy the experience, it, it does make more sense to play it from, like, where the women's U.S. Open played it from, which is, like, 6,300 yards or something like that, 6,400 yards. Um, and it might it might actually turn out to be a much better experience. Uh, I, I have an interesting question to ask you guys because I know that, you know, probably you guys, um, I've, I've been around it a little bit, but you guys have been around Streamsong as much as anybody I know. Um, and they rank Streamsong 19, Streamsong Red, 27, Streamsong Blue, 39, Streamsong Black. How would you guys rank those? I, w- I would reverse those. I'm, I'm a... If, <laughs> If people on the podcast haven't heard the stories coming out of Streamsong Blue, it's because they're not listening. Um, I I think Streamsong Blue is my – if I could only play one golf course for the rest of my life or if I had one round of golf to play, um, 
and, and obviously in a course that I could play. I mean, you know, not right. Augusta or you know, right. whatever, but um, it would absolutely be Stream Song Blue. I think okay. that incorporates all of the really interesting design elements and uh, visual aspects that red have. But I find the green complexes to be more interesting. Okay. They're, they're not as and Bob, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't I view Stream Song Red, the, the core Crenshaw course, is kind of very, very much like what I experienced at four with Gil Hansen, what I, I think we're gonna find at Pinehurst number two, like very natural. Natural areas, yep. but ultimately like, you know, not a ton of ground that's moved, but like the golf course just kind of comes out of the ground mm-hmm. not necessarily that the golf course is manufactured it's very natural mm-hmm. um an easy way to design not easy in the sense of simple but it just looks as if the golf course has always been there like it looks mm-hmm. like that's how that fits into the landscape mm-hmm. um blue takes a little bit more manufacturing to get there the greens have more undulation they're they're much much bigger um, and that's why when people ask me about Tobacco Road, Tobacco Road is a combination of all of the Streamsong courses for me. Mm. And I've spent a ton of time at Streamsong, and I love them all. Um, but I, I would rank them as, and the numbers don't really matter, but blue, red, black. Mm. Black to me have gigantic greens. It's almost like a modern Lynx. Yeah. Like what you would envision – you know, saying it like if somebody designed St. Andrews today, that's mm-hmm. Dream Song Black. Mm. Like it's very natural for the Central Florida area, but it's also just like there's just ground. And some of that ground is fairway cut, some of that ground is green cut, and some of it is not cut at all and has random grass, native grasses growing in the middle of it. Mm. And that's really all you get at that course. Yeah. So it it's really, really interesting that, you know, one, I can't think of a place where you can go, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, and get that level of golf anywhere else. And maybe it's Bandon, but for me, living in Jacksonville, that is a really long trip to Oregon. When right. I could literally hop in my car and drive a couple, you know, two, two and a half, three hours and be at Streamsong and, right. and having a, a great time. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I think I need to play black um, at least one or two more times. Cause I, 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 I think you guys got to play it twice, maybe three times. I don't remember, but I, I I've got to play it once. And, uh, it, it just happened to be, you know, the day after, uh, I took a red eye out there. So I might not have been, uh, had completely in my elements yet, uh, to mm-hmm. really appreciate black, uh, because, uh, the, I also had a relatively poor caddy experience where he kept uh, telling me to hit it 15 yards short and I ended up being 50 feet short on every putt for the first five holes before I quit listening because <laughs> I can actually, you know, when, when you say, hey, uh, you know, it's 150 yards to the hole. Yeah, just hit it 130 and I'll get there. Well, then I'm going to hit it 130. I, I can control my distance a little better. But anyways. Um, Who invited Robbie Forsty to this podcast? Bad <laughs> <laughs> experiences with caddies. Oh, um, but uh so and i've played like like nate i've played blue and red a whole lot more um and i know nate is uh, you're a little more partial to to blue um that might have to do with a, a certain round of golf that uh, you had that sniped a buddy of yours that you were playing over the weekend 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if that influences your your thinking on that course or not. Um, but uh, I, it, it's close for me. But I do like red. I, I think red. I like the. I like the the. It's a little bit more. I think I like that natural feeling a little bit more because I think you're right, Nate. Red is a little bit less manufactured. It's a little bit more uh, built into the ground. And I, I, I think for me personally, I like that. That's not to say I don't like blue. I think they're, they're really cool. Right. I mean, like, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like asking who's, you know, which is your favorite son? And you know, well, you can't, you know, just whichever one's not screaming at me right now. Um, but, the, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd probably put red a little bit up there. Um, but red, blue, and then black, I, I just need more experience there to figure out exactly how that course plays. Cause I do the greens on black are massive. And I think you could get really creative around there. Uh, if you can, uh, shape it and you know where you're going and that, that could be a lot of fun. So I got to play there one more time. Yeah, I I would say um from a memorable standpoint and I you know I've played red once, I played blue once, I played black twice. So that that also has something to do with it. But I would say from a like memorable standpoint and probably like a shock and all standpoint, I would probably say that black is the most memorable. Um and and I think it, it probably is the most dramatic of the three, um, and and the but probably the one I had the most fun playing. Um, I had fun moments on black, and I had fun moments on blue. But I would say probably the most fun one I had playing from tee to green was like like from start to end, from the first to the eighteenth was red, um, and I I think red was the best golf experience. Um, the most fun golf experience of the three that I had. So, um, so I'm a little bit partial to red in that regard. Um, and I, and I think, you know, if I were going to rank them, I would probably rank them, uh, red, black, blue, just because I liked blue, but I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. Like there was just so like the, the things I liked about blue, um, was, you know, I like some of the I like some of the uh, like the drops down yeah, into fairways from the huge tee yeah. boxes, that, and that first tee shot yeah. is the best tee shot on the property. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, and then just you be- know before I, you uh, before you tee it up though, make sure you've got your receipt from the clubhouse. Uh, yeah, otherwise right. they will let you tee it <laughs> off. So just let everyone know that. Oh my gosh, who was that? Do we ever find out who that was? They were confused. Oh, they were confused. Okay, they they, they thought they, somebody they, hadn't paid. Correct, because I think and they happened. thought Nate was trying to steal the yeah. steal the round from Mr. Tincher. Yeah, he's like, yeah, the guy who has more money than the rest of us. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know that that's necessarily true. <laughs> nor do they care. But um, there was a, a guy, guy trying that, to steal the round. Right, there was a guy that paid in between us when we went to do the replay. And I think they were just looking at like, you know, these six transactions. Right. Where's your name? And the and I was, you know, after that, right. it, it's really frustrating because I never keep receipts. <laughs> I just don't. I don't care. Right. That's why I use a debit card or a credit card because I can pull up my app and that's, uh, yeah. that was frustrating. Uh, so for people, for people that want to, I guess. You know the the inside joke. We we went with a group of friends down there, 
and we had played black in the morning, and so we were getting ready to tee off on red. Uh, we snagged some quick lunch and mm. literally were running out to the first tee for our two groups to to go play, and you know grabbing your caddy that you have to have, and then all of a sudden. And I don't mean this in a derogatory sense to short people, so no offense to you two. <laughs> but this little, like, middle-aged guy comes storming out of the clubhouse. Uh, and you could tell that there was something off because he's talking to the starter. And then he comes over and I think he starts talking to Greg and Randy about receipts. It's like, oh, this is weird. Like maybe one of them, you know, like one of them paid for both of their rounds. You know, that kind of stuff happens sometimes. Right. And, and maybe they've got some kind of issue. And then for the next probably 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes, they're asking all of us for receipts. Like it's kind of getting pretty accusatory, the, the mm. tone mm-hmm. of like, all right, one of you guys is trying to sneak on the course here. And somehow, I don't know, maybe it was the fact that I'm six foot seven. Like the little, the little short guy who I'm more than a foot taller than, uh, somehow like says like, Hey, where's your receipt? And it's like, I don't have one. Like I don't keep receipts. Uh, you know, I just used a credit card to pay inside your clubhouse. Can't you pull up the transaction and kind of makes me feel like it doesn't exist. And yeah. so I literally have to go get my phone. I have to open up my credit card app and I have to show them that I just paid Streamsong $173 to pay the round of golf. <laughs> and and they're still thinking that like something's wrong uh, because they don't have it in their system. And then lo and behold, he was looking at like the last six or seven transactions, not the last like eight. And so he was missing one of them in the group and he couldn't figure, he couldn't reconcile because they weren't in the same order that he expected. <laughs> and so he said, Oh, sorry, our fault. And then walked away. And it was like, that's it? That's what we get. Okay. That, like, that's it. We don't all get a free shirt out of the club. Right. I can't get like a ball marker out of this? Like, <laughs> a towel? To, Can I get a right, towel? Right. It, it made me feel like we were going adversarial there. Like yeah. I was taking a break from work. I was, didn't, I didn't want to have to. I would have taken a stream song mask. Um, yeah. Like something. <laughs> um, <laughs> COVID, man. COVID friendly. Um Yeah. So one of the, one of the courses on here that like, honestly, and I don't know if you guys like follow um this or not but uh that i'm interested in playing is uh the 30 number 34 forest dunes it's the loop course yeah which they it's can a, play backwards and forwards yeah right? it's a reversible yeah. golf course uh designed by tom doke in michigan and it's uh it's 165 dollars uh, for resort guests and then 885 for non-resort guests so not crazy expensive um, you know, right there in that, that same price as, you know, a lot of those golf courses that kind of fit in that range. Um, but, but I think it just kind of be cool to like go to a spot and play the same golf course, but play it differently and just see how different it really is playing it differently, but it being the same landscape, the same bunkering, the same, you know, fairways you're playing off of hitting into the same greens, just on like technically being different holes the next day. As opposed to you know one day, I think I think it'd be a really cool uh, thing to experience. So so to me, like that seems to be like a really intriguing golf course. That's not crazy expensive, but that would kind of be cool to cool to check out. So I know you guys have the list up in front of you, and I I think I heard um, you know obviously Bandon and then Stream Song. Are there other 
like destinations that have multiple courses in the top 100? I mean, so, obviously Pinehurst with two and four, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. yeah. On the West Coast, PJ West, there's two of them on there. There's the uh, uh, Nicholas and Palmer. Uh, there's the stadium course, uh, which is where they, they play the Sunday round. Um, I forget who the sponsor is these days. American Express, maybe. Uh, and then the they've got the, the La Quinta course, which isn't on TV or anything, but it's in that same complex, which uh, I would say if anyone actually is out in uh, Palm Springs and wants a really fun round at a place that isn't going to kill you from a, a cost standpoint, because a lot of those will, will run you up there, the La Quinta Resort course is phenomenal. It's tucked right up against the mountains. Um, you've got the entire back nine either has a, a mountain on one side or uh, kind of this desert wash on the other. It's a really cool course. So that's that's number 91 on the list. But that that's one of my favorites that I would rank much higher uh, if uh, if I was doing the rankings. But uh, that's the one I see on there. And there's a couple there's there's a couple other ones on here where there's one course in the broader like uh, Torrey Pines. The south course is on there, but not the north course. Right. Right. So, right. You know, you got you got one or the other. And- Same thing with like, uh, like the Greenbrier. Um, yeah. Same thing with like the Big Cedar Lodge. There's a golf course there. Um, yeah. The Lake Lake Oconee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beth Page Red is actually 66. So oh, wow. Okay. You know, if you play um, the black, you can play another one there. Um, one of the ones that I but but uh, Sand Valley. Mammoth Dunes, uh, both of those are in the same spot. Um, so uh, th- those two are on the same property that are both on this list. So I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I see Whistling Straits and Black Wolf Run. That's on the same property too. Up in, uh, I played both of those up in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Home of the Ryder Cup, right? Whistling Straits is the hardest course I've ever played. Um, <laughs> now I was I was about sixteen at the time, and I didn't. I, I'm much more uh, of a mature golfer now. I can probably handle a lot better today. But yeah. uh, that is the only course that I've ever broken a club, uh, and it was on it was on that one. So, what yeah, fond memories of that course. Oh, uh, seven iron that I snap hooked one too many times, and then did. Uh, uh, just it took my my uh, club and threw it into the ground, like in my you know, just slammed it into the ground. And there was a lot of hard pan out there. It's a very firm course, and the club head just just snapped. Huh? So. Did you guys know Cog Hill was a uh, a place you could play? No. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Number four, right? Yeah. Yeah, Cog Hill number four is number ninety two on the list. Only one hundred and sixty three bucks to go play it. Renovated in 2008 by Reese Jones. I would have, I would have bet money that that was a private course. Yeah, I would have yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those public courses out in like Western Chicago. Uh, that if any of our listeners are out there, there's a lot of those courses like that that you would think are private. Uh, Cog Hill is one of them, and there's a bunch of others that I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, some pretty cool golf out in Western Chicago. Sweet. So. Yeah. Sounds like a cool place to check out. Yeah. Um, well, so that's kind of uh, anyway. We 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 wanted to kind of talk through that list, guy. Like uh, just because you know we love golf courses, we 
probably if we could, we would try and knock a bunch of these off our list each year um, as we kind of think about where we're going to play and and taking trips different places. If we're going to do a buddy's trip, what are the places we can knock off the most of these in one trip? Like that kind of stuff. Um, like Bob said, he's going to knock off five of these uh, in, in October. So that's pretty exciting. And, uh, but we are also going to be taking a trip down to, uh, or at least me and, uh, Bob are going to be taking a fairly large trip and then Nate will be taking a little short trip over to Tampa, uh, to be, uh, to be at the Innisbrook resort this summer. Uh, we're going to play there and uh, get a chance to play the copyright course, which was the host of the Valspar championship. Um, I'm interested to hear what you guys uh, took away from this past weekend's tournament. Well, you know, the, uh, uh, I guess as we're playing there, I, I really wanted to look at the course. Um, obviously, seeing it on TV, uh, but seeing it again was really was really pretty pretty fun. Um, the, uh, the the finishing holes, right? The snake snake pit, right? Uh, that's just a sounds like a lot of fun to to, to get into. Um, from the golf standpoint, you know, I, I was uh, really glad Sam Burns closed it out. Right? He's been playing well lately, and I, I think that's a this course tends to, you know, have a lot of those guys that uh, are either first-time winners or it's a it's a course that um, not a lot of A-listers will um, grind all the way to the finish line, right? They're working on something different, so that's why that the leaderboard is always kind of interesting. Um, but uh, speaking of those, I was really disappointed in Patrick Reed, and uh, I don't know if we want to get into it now, but his Ryder Cup positioning is in jeopardy, and I don't know if he would be chosen for the Ryder Cup if he doesn't make it on the top eight. But uh, really disappointed in his play. Um, but uh, really, really glad to see Sam Burns close it out. Yeah, so I, I I didn't get a chance to watch as much as I would have liked on Sunday. I was trying to get some work done, but I did have it on and was kind of watching. And and obviously the. Uh, the same concern, or I was really watching for the same reason that you guys were not necessarily to watch the golf. And, you know, that, that's obviously, I do that every week. Uh, it was really more trying to see the course because I think we've all played courses and we just talked about a list of a lot of them. We've all played courses. And, and for me, that's TPC, probably the one that I'm most familiar with locally that has a, you know, hosts a PGA tour event every year. Uh, it looks different on tv than it does when you're actually there playing it whether that's because it's a, it looks a little bit more intimidating uh, and whether that's just pete die who knows um but i will say that the copper course you know some of the the lines and the water and the length of the holes and the, the what the relative width of the fairways it looks like it's a pretty difficult course to play if you're not striking your ball extremely well and maybe that was patrick some of patrick reed's issues um but it you look like you have to be in charge of your in control of your golf ball and your ball flight to to have any chance there um so it'll be a lot of fun for us i do know i watched probably the first six or seven holes um and the first hole obviously and, and i I text you guys one of the big important things that we're going to have to try to do is make sure we get to the range in plenty of time. Right. Um, so that, you know, we can take advantage of the first hole cause it looked extremely scorable. Uh, and then after that, it doesn't look so scorable. So, so we're going to want to make sure we're hot <laughs> when we hit the first tee box. 
Yeah, well, I felt I felt that way about really the first three, like the first three holes. Like as you uh, come out of the gate, seem like oh, okay, these these seem like fairly good chances to to get off to a good start, and then it just seemed like it got extremely hard, extremely difficult, especially if the wind is blowing. Like the wind was blowing pretty hard um, a lot of the days over this weekend, and and it just looked like it was a really, really difficult place to get the ball uh, close and get the ball to stop. And yeah, so I, I mean, I, I'll be interested to see, you know, how we fare. Um, I obviously, I, I'm kind of with you, Nate. I think we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to pick our spots to be aggressive if we, you know, want to, want to have a good round. Uh, because if you get overly aggressive, it looks like you can really make some big numbers. Um, as far as the conversation about Patrick Reed, obviously I picked Patrick Reed last week and obviously we saw that worked out. So, um, no one should ever listen to me when I make a pick. Um, (laughs) but, but, um, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I like take him or leave him. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter to me. Like I, Obviously, he's a big storyline when it comes to the Ryder Cup, but I also think like no one really likes him. So if he's not there, he's not going to be that missed. Um, in my mind, I mean, do you guys do you guys feel differently about that? No, but it'll be a story. I yeah, think. I mean that's yeah. what he is, right? He but is. Give me, give of, me Willie Z, man. Uh, I mean, I don't know about <laughs> that, but I. It, whether and, and the interesting part is it'll be a story, whether it's a story created by the media or created by Patrick Reed himself. If he doesn't qualify for the team, he's <laughs> going get to get a captain's pick. He's going to expect to get a captain's pick given his record and his commitment. And I just don't know that that's going to happen. I don't think those other guys like him. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the, the standings right now, and the top six are DJ, Bryson, uh, JT, Morikawa, Shoffley, and Kepka, right? So they're, they're locked, right? The top six are, are, are kind of locked, ready to go. Uh, the next six is Reed, Finau, Webb Simpson, Daniel Berger, Jordan Spieth, and Billy Horschel. Uh, and then Patrick Cantlay, uh, Scotty Scheffler, Max Homa and Harris English are right after that. I, if you're taking Reed over every, I mean, Finau, uh, Spieth, Horschel, uh, Cantlay, and Scheffler, that, those are pretty solid captain's picks also that you can make a pretty good case for. Yeah, I don't know. I think if those are the names that I have to choose from and I'm a captain, I think you'd, because you, you have, what, the top six and you have four more picks, right? Yeah. How is Reed not one of those top like it's the top eight and then you get four picks? Well, but I think didn't did Bob read off eight names or six names? I thought it was top six this year. Is it six or eight? Well, I, so well, Patrick Reed is seventh in either case, so he's 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 on the edge, right, of going right. going either direction. Um, but right, I, if, if but I'm just saying if those are the names that are out there for the top ten spots, you know, top, you know, I. I, I just don't see how he's not one of those guys. Right. Make, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, who who else would you take that like because it's not like he doesn't have any form. He hasn't played right. horrible. I think you take offhand, you take Spieth for sure. 
Spieth is going right. to be the guy that that makes it. Yeah, but if he doesn't play his way on, he might play his way in. But yeah, yeah. he may. Uh, and I don't see how you don't take Fee now with how he played in Paris. He played right. really, really well. Right. Uh, carried Brooks Kepka and points. how and how much everybody loves Tony Fee and and how good of a teammate he would potentially be in a right. team game. Right. Um. But those other guys, like I think to me, I value experience. And right, wrong, or indifferent, I think if you're going to try to win a Ryder Cup, you're going to need guys who have been there. And I, you know, I, I think legitimately he probably should be a pick. So if you're going, if you had to pick two of these four, right, and you had Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, uh, Cantlay, and Horschel, Reed makes the cut out of those four? It's close. Horschel gets in, in my opinion, before no any way. of them. Horschel, no, Horschel's the guy who's not making it. Mine, the Horschel's the first cut. If I have to pick two out of those four, and it's really you, you'll take you'll take Webb Cantley Simpson, over Horschel. Cantley and Horschel, yeah. You're going to take Cantley over Horschel right now. I would for sure. No and I know he's way. Had, I know he's had some struggles because of some personal issues off the course. He played really bad at Augusta and, and his one start since then. But uh, Patrick Cantley is. Like, he's a different class of golfer. We talk about this sometime on the podcast. Like, Billy Horschel has the ability to step his game up and be streaky, uh, especially when his putter kind of in short game kind of click. And you see him, whether it's a, you know, a couple tournaments a year, or maybe he wins or every other year, but he's never far off the top 25, right? Patrick Cantlay is good enough to dominate when he's on, not just compete. Like, I think they're different levels of, of golfers. They have different yeah, but, ceilings, and Patrick Cantlay, uh, it, and it'll depend on form, I think, largely as we get closer to the event. But all things being equal, I would absolutely take Cantlay over Horschel. Yeah. I mean, I feel like right now you're like... I would take the, Webb the Simpson Neil, over all The Neil Schuster card. Yeah, I mean, I think I would pick Webb and Horschel out of those four. And then maybe read third, Cantley yes. fourth. To me, it's definitely Webb. I'm choosing between Cantley and Reed, and unfortunately, Billy Ho gets cut again. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think, I don't think you could cut Billy Ho because I think he's got the mentality to play match play. He's proven that he can play match play and win in match play. He's played on Walker Cup teams. He's been a great teammate. Everybody loved him on those teams. He has a great record in those matches. He has a great individual match play record in, you know, the the Dell match play. Um, obviously, he just won it. Like, I, in my mind, like you, you gotta have you gotta have some guys that just I think can turn it on for those kinds of events and are just uberly competitive and really like run hot and hard and fast whenever like they get into a match play situation where it's just all right. I just got to go out and beat the guy across from me, like. I'll take Billy Horschel in that every day. I think I would. I you, to me, you could have been describing Patrick Cantley. <sighs> Come on, man. He's not that. <laughs> he's not a killer, man. I think he is. I think he just does it differently. Yeah, I think you've been listening to too much Neil Schuster on no laying up. No, I don't. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hang out at Jack's Beach. So. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? Positive. <laughs> You know, um, but I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think it depends. The, the The point of the Ryder Cup is to win, but 
it it will be interesting to see where those chip fall where those chips fall because you can't imagine that you know certainly Spieth and Thomas with what happened um you know when when Patrick Reed made such a big deal about how they split up that team of him and Spieth when Spieth just wanted to play with Thomas you know and all that like you can't imagine that that endeared Patrick Reed to any of his teammates you're yeah, right. and and I think and that's if it's the, on the, the bubble the, that may weigh against you. you, you and I think, think that's the that's the tricky part because I'm not sure anyone would question that Patrick Reed is one of the probably five most talented Americans uh, right now out there. And if it was just based on talent and ability, uh, I mean, just shoot for his putter, I'd put him on the team, and he would, you know, he, he could carry a team that way. Well, and uh, and if you want but, to talk about, you know, Derek's criteria of uber competitive and a killer and want to beat yeah. the guy next to like i don't think there's anybody on tour other than probably tiger and even he struggled with getting into that mentality in the Ryder cup in team play but for some yeah. reason that really jazzes patrick reed up yeah right? he likes right. that right he likes being the the anti-hero Right, the the, the antagonist. Well, I, yeah, I was gonna say I think he likes it. I think he likes it on foreign soil. I think his experience on foreign soil, where he's played so well, I think it's when the fans really are getting on to him, where he just loves to shut the fans up more than anything else. Um, and and I and again, I'm, I'm not saying that Patrick Reed isn't that guy. I'm just saying like, if I were gonna take somebody. Like that, I think like people actually would want to play with, and that I also think has that mentality. It would be Billy Horschel for sure. Like in my mind, that's who it would be. Bob, who who would it be for you out of those four? Out of like Billy Horschel, Webb Simpson, Patrick Cantlay, and Patrick Reed, who are you putting on the team? So I I, I take Reed uh, just because I, I I tend to default to the talent. And you figure out someone to put with him, right? Maybe you pair him with a rookie like Morikawa, right, uh, or someone like that that you can you can put him with. So for me, I, I take I take Simpson and Reed, um, and then I, I would probably take Horschel over Cantley right now, just given his his match play. But I, that would come down to who's ever playing better at the time. I mean, Horschel was playing well a month ago. Um, the Ryder Cup's not for what three months, four months. A lot can change between now and then, so uh, we'll see. But if I had to choose right now, I, I would, I would, I would take Reed, Simpson, um, Spieth, Finau, and then the six others who are all, all, all up there. That would be my team. Hmm. I think that's okay. a good team. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I'll send my resume over uh, and and see if they need another vice captain. See if Stricker needs a vice captain. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. We should try and get a petition um, where you know we get you out there as a potential vice captain. I love. And then you know, I mean, it is your home state. You know, honorary home state captain, right? Are you from Minnesota? Oh, you're from, I'm Minnesota. from Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. Well, would, same, would same general, some same general same area, northern and you know, Midwest <laughs> right. state. Would have applied yeah. to Hazeltine, right? So Hazeltine, yeah. That's where that's, Patrick that's Reed beat Rory yeah, but, in singles. By the way, yeah, I remember that match. That's a big deal. Yeah, that is a huge deal. So. I think Rory. I think yeah, we'll see how Rory fares this week. Um, getting back in the. Back into competition at a place where he's won. That's so. a great 
question. I don't know if we want to segue over to the yeah. Wells yeah. Fargo now, but that, that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So what do you guys think? I mean, this week we got the Wells Fargo, lots of uh, big name previous champions, uh, have some guys that we really like. Like we were talking about Max Homa uh, this past week in our text thread, how much we like him. He's won at Wells Fargo. That was his first win on tour. Um, you got guys like, you know, Ricky Fowler and, and, um, you got guys like Justin Thomas who won there in the PGA. You got guys like Rory who's won there. Uh, so, I mean, what do you guys think? What, I mean, you got members who like Webb Simpson who are members there. Like who are you guys looking at this week to play well at Wells Fargo? Well, not Ricky Fowler. Um, uh, if you're taking Ricky Fowler, uh, we're going to have to really assess your uh, your ability to, to, to pick. I don't know. but uh, Amen. <laughs> uh, but what an awesome field, first of all. It is a killer field. I think it's the best field we've had since the Masters. Um, just really, really strong field. But uh, I like yeah. someone who can hit the ball far there. It's a long course, 7,500 yards. So I like someone who can mash it. Um whether that's someone like JT or John Rom or DeChambeau. And be for you. Um, yeah. Someone like that. Okay. No, Rory. You don't feel like Rory is going to play well. I don't. He's going to break out at some point. I just don't think it's at this course. I think it's it's going to be at a course that uh, is a little bit more forgiving than, uh, uh, than Quill Hollow. But uh, I, I'm, I, I would go for one of the big time leaders, uh, one of the top three. And, and that, that's where I would probably lean towards. Okay. So I think I heard a stat that there's no course on tour that favors big hitters more than quail hollow. I like it. And I heard, I think I heard you use the term breakout breakout. And so, you know, who is poised to break out this week <laughs> by a million, by a million. I, he's, <laughs> He's playing well. He's hitting Holy it well. Crap. He hits it far. <laughs> not doing it again. And he's going to put it. I think this may, I feel like we can make a legitimate argument. Cameron Champ. Cameron Champ. <laughs> no, I heard Cameron Champ struggles with wedges. Oh my uh, gosh! I think it's. I think this is Finau's week. I got two guys that I'm looking at. One is Tony. The other is uh, is Vic. I think Cleveland okay. had a strong finish yeah. last week. I think he finished like T three. Something T two T three something like that, yeah. Um, and he kind of has these streaks where he'll play some good golf in bunches, and I feel like it's either going to be Vic or Tony. Mm. All right. I mean, obviously, I hope Tony by a million. Uh, but I think those two guys—they both hit the ball a long way. If they make some putts, uh, I think they'll find themselves at the uh, at the top of the leaderboard. Is you... anybody though striking it better than Justin Thomas? I mean, it, it, he's pure in everything. I, I think if he just puts, if he puts poorly, he probably wins. He just can't be disastrous. Well, I think for him, it's one of those things about focus. I think guys like that can, um, the established guys, whether and I think this probably applies to somebody like Bryson too. Um. Where your your schedule, especially somebody like Justin Thomas, who I think is really really close with Tiger, and kind of patterns his schedule and his routine after what he's seen and and what he's heard from Tiger, I think you're building up for majors. Mm. Not to say you don't want to show up and win, 
mm-hmm. but you, you are literally like your schedule builds up to majors. And so sometimes I worry about, you know, focus and being in the present, not necessarily during rounds, but in, in the overall focus of what you're doing on the golf course. Like, is he really showing up to to win Quail Hollow? Of course he is. I mean, he's going to say yes, and I think that's the truth. But is that the goal for this week? I don't think so. I think the goal is to play great golf and prepare yourself for the next big tournament. And so I think some of those guys can get, when you reach a certain level in golf, you start to lose a little bit of like that intense focus uh, on some of these other tournaments. And so if you play well, you can win because you're that talented and you can be that dominant at times. But other times, like, you know, we kind of see it with DJ and it certainly happens with Brooks where you're not really that, the goal or the focus isn't really on winning. And I think that's what JT does a lot of. Like last week, I felt like he probably should have won that tournament. But it didn't look like he was 100% committed and all there. Mm. And so I I wonder if we're going to get the same thing this week. Yeah, I mean, I do think that that is an aspect of really big name golfers that you know, I mean, we've seen it with Brooks and Rory. I think Rory's seen it with Rory. Yeah. yeah, we we've seen it with a lot of guys who uh, really are like there are four tournaments a year that really matter, and they want to be playing their best for those tournaments, uh, and they want to ramp up for those tournaments and those events. However, I think a lot like you know, I don't know, maybe a lot like DeChambeau, um at you know, trying to trying to get ready for Augusta or trying to get ready for the U.S. Open, I think being in good form or trying to get into good form and playing well and maybe even getting in contention before you get to that major, it should be a goal for a lot of those guys if they're going to really feel comfortable in contention once they get down the stretch in a major. Um, they, they probably want to try and get the the feel of that in a big golf tournament like this. Um, before that. And I think that's why you see such a great field two weeks out from the PGA. Like, I mean, we're two weeks out from the PGA. Uh, so this week, and then they'll, most of these guys will take a week off. They'll go work on the things they need to work on. They'll head to Kiowa early. They'll get some practice in. Um, they'll do all their extra press conferences that they have to do and, and all that kind of stuff. But, but I think you, I, I don't know. I mean, I think guys like Justin Thomas, they, and, and John Rahm and, you know, some of these other guys who are expected to compete well, uh, Xander Shoffle, uh, these guys, Bryson, um, these guys want to get into contention, I think, in a tournament like this uh, so that it's familiar come, you know, two weeks from now at Kiowa. Um, <clears throat> but I think um, I think Rory is a really interesting storyline. I didn't get a chance to hear what you said, but I kind of wanted to hear what you think. Like, wh- where do you think? Like, I'm not I, obviously you don't you don't have him as one of your favorites to win, but I mean, how do you think he's actually going to play? Do you think he's going to actually come out and actually play in good form, have good form, as opposed to the way he looked at the Masters and and you know a couple other tournaments, March, April, uh, where he looked pretty bad, like at the match play and at the Masters, he looked really really bad. Didn't look like he could <laughs> well, find he the looked- map. But, right, he looked he looked lost, and, <clears throat> and we found out that you know that's probably because he was messing around with and, and tinkering with his swing, and he's going to start working with Pete Cowan, right? Which you think he's had some time to work with Pete Cowan, and I think we talked about this on the podcast. Pete Cowan's 
probably best or most well-known trait is figuring out kind of the natural giftedness or everybody's kind of individual swing and then just helping to fine-tune that. And so, you know, you're not necessarily going to make wholesale changes like what Butch did with, you know, Ricky Fowler or somebody like that. So you would think that now that he's had a couple weeks to kind of work on some of the smaller things that he probably needed to clean up on his swing – he could he could be back out there, but I think there's a big difference in hitting golf balls on a range or on the course at home, right? And finding yourself at a PGA Tour event, um, and so I I I do expect him to make the cut for sure because he's Rory, and when he shows up and he's working towards a goal, and and you know who knows this could go a couple different ways. He could get frustrated because it's not as easy as it used to be, or this can be kind of the challenge that he needs to re-engage to get back in the game, which is I, I think what everybody probably needs when you kind of reach a certain level, like Rory did. Right. Uh, you need something to push you. And if this is what that turns into for him, then, then good for him. But I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he competes like, you know, I don't think he's in contention, but I think he, you know, he makes a cut because he's Rory McIlroy and he has good feelings around this course because he, you know, I think this was his first win. Um, he won at Quail Hollow for his right. uh, first win on shot US 62 Soil. on Sunday. Right. And so, um, you know, I think there's some good feels there and I think it can be a horses for courses type situation where it sets up really well. Yeah. I just don't quite expect some of those changes to be in final form. Um it, what will really be a really cool contrast is Rory at, at Kiowa. Yeah. Because I, I remember Bob and I played Kiowa three or four weeks before the PGA came through in 2012. And that place was hard. It was hard. There's no <laughs> other way to, I mean, it was, it was when the wind kicks up, it's brutal. And the way that Rory made that course look like chipping from hard pan or tight lies and putting spin on the ball on downhill slopes, like all the things that we struggled with. And I think we ended up shooting like 86 and 87 or something like that. Uh, and I felt, I don't feel like we played that bad. But, <laughs> um, you know, that that's going to be really interesting to me is because he really dominated the field and dominated that golf course at Kiowa. So if there's ever been a place where he should feel some, some positivity, uh, it would be Kiowa. And I think that would be enough time to where some of those changes could be a little bit more familiar and you're mm -hmm. not necessarily thinking golf swing, you're going out and playing golf. Yeah. And so it, it'll be interesting, but I, I don't expect that to be this week. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's interesting. I mean, obviously it's, well, I think Bob's pick is interesting. I don't think yours are interesting at all, Nate, because you always <laughs> pick Tony Finau. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but I do think it, it's interesting to think about the fact that this is a place where Rory has played well. And, and I mean, we talked about the, the new golf analytics, you know, needle movers thing that, that just came out. And that Rory is really number two on that list behind Tiger. Um, of guys that move the needle. So what I do know is that if he can somehow find some good form this week, everybody's going to be watching golf. And I think that's going to be awesome. Uh, I'd love to see that. And it would just get everybody more excited to to get ready to see him go to the PGA where he won at Kiowa in 2012. So um, I would love for it to be one of those kind of storylines where he shows up and plays well. Um, I, I I hope that he gets the weekend and, you know, 
maybe he has a magical Sunday like he did, you know, when he when he got his first win there. You know, I don't know. Maybe he goes really low one day. I don't know. It'd be really cool. Uh, but I am going to pick Will Zalatoris as my winner. And uh, I just feel like this is a place where he has plenty of length. We saw that at Augusta. I mean, he was driving the ball so far. And I, I don't know what the weather's been like where you guys live. I mean, well, I guess where Bob lives, it's always nice. Um, but <laughs> um, where where we live, you know, I mean, we can get weeks and weeks of rain or we can get no rain. And we haven't had hardly any rain in North Carolina in in the last few weeks. And so I feel like this golf course is going to be really, really hard and really, really fast. So although it plays 7,500 yards, I don't think it's going to be as long as that. Um, for a lot of these guys. And I think Will Zalatoris has plenty of length anyway. Um, just, just you know, I think he hits it a mile uh, and and really can control his spin and his wedges. Uh, and um, and so I think, uh, and we've seen him putt, putt, putts really, really well at times and really sucks it up at others. Uh, but if he can, if he can find really good form on the greens, I, I expect him to, to, to play well. And this is a place where a lot of guys win their first tournament. You know, I think this is where Rory won his first tournament. This is where Ricky won his first tournament. This is where Max Homa won his first tournament. Uh, you know, we've seen guys uh, like, oh, man, I, I can't. I mean, it's like guys we, we wouldn't even remember, right, like win at this tournament. So it's not crazy to think that somebody could kind of come out of the pack and uh, and win uh, at this place that hasn't won yet, but is kind of already a, a little bit of a household name. So I'm going to go with Willie Z. That's who I'm going to pick. Will Z. Huh. I like him. Okay. Yeah, nice. I really I, like him after after the way he played at Augusta. And I think this golf course is a lot like Augusta, you know. Yeah, I, I don't well. think you're uh, – I, I don't know if he's going to win, but I, I think he's a good – a nice little sleeper pick, right? I uh, When I was kind of looking through it, again, I, I still think JT is the guy that's, that, that's going to win, but – uh, I looked at Willie Z. The other person that I think you're gonna have to look for, and I bet he plays well, uh, is Jason Day. Um, he's been Ooh. he's been playing better as of late. He won here in 2018, so he knows the course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think he's gonna win. I don't think he's quite uh, his game isn't quite there yet. But I bet he's got a chance at the back nine on Sunday. He's within two or three of the lead at some point. Um, but just doesn't quite get it done. So that's, that's something I'm, I want to look out for. You know, Bob, I'm really glad. Um, I'm really glad that you didn't pick your favorite golfer to win this week. Because although he also has won the Wells Fargo Brian, Championship. Brian Harmon, the lefty? I almost went with him, too. But he did not win it at, at Quell Hollow. Yeah, he, he, won it, he won it over in Wilmington. The one when they played it at the when they played the PGA oh, at Quell Hollow. The they, moved, yeah. they moved the Wells yeah. Fargo to Wilmington. And he won. He won there, um, but he did not win at Quail Hollow. So I would. I wouldn't pick him this week. No, it's a it's a bomber's <laughs> paradise. Yeah, and I don't think. I think Brian Harmon. No, no offense to him, but he may also share <laughs> the distinction with Bob Pan of most likely to be confused with a high school golfer on the first. <laughs> <season>. <laughs> there's a there's a famous story that gets told at our golf trips where uh, Greg and Bob are going out and playing a practice round before one of the golf trips. And somehow Bob gets confused for Greg's son and like a local high school golfer. 
<laughs> yeah, it was uh, that. That was really we were paired up with these two guys, and uh, we were in Jacks somewhere um, in Fleming and Fleming Island somewhere, and we're playing. And uh, they, they ask if we're related, what high school I go to, you know, <laughs> and, and how great it is that you know we get to play together. And Greg and I kind of look at each other, and we're like. Do they think I'm his? You know, I'm your son. Like, is that <laughs> but uh, and Greg's probably so, what? Maybe, maybe ten years older than you. I no way. Not, not even. Yeah, not, not even ten. No. But Bob looks like Bob could pass for somebody that's significantly younger than he yeah. is, especially I mean, Bob, with his build. Yeah. As could that was the point of the story, I guess. As could Brian Harmon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as long as Brian Harmon keeps his hat on. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well you guys, uh, I hope, uh, I hope you guys enjoy the Wells Fargo this week. I know I am going to, uh, it, it really stinks. I actually got offered tickets for Sunday and, um, I can't go because it's mother's day and obviously I have a great mom, but I also have to work on Sunday. Um, not really a thing I can skip. Um, so, um, but anyway, the, uh, but, but, you know, if you know anybody that needs tickets for Sunday, you can have tickets to the 17th hole, all the food and drink you can have. Uh, so anyway, uh, but, uh, but anyway, uh, it's going to be exciting to see who, uh, who comes out and plays well, great field this week, go enjoy the golf. Uh, and in a couple of weeks, obviously we're looking forward to seeing, uh, how things play out at the PGA Championship. So kind of like we do with the Masters, we may do a little bit of like a lead-in uh, next week. Uh, so check in kind of with us uh, as we as we look ahead uh, a little bit further ahead to the PGA Championship, and then uh, and 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 think more about these majors. Maybe and spend a little bit more time on these majors uh, throughout the year. But as always, thanks for listening. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, all those good things and uh, and let us know uh, future things and future topics that you guys would love to hear on the podcast. Uh, we'd love to, to share those uh, with you and we hope that you get out and get to play as many of those top 100 courses as you can uh, on your next trip wherever it is that you're going. All right, You guys have a great night and uh, until next time, uh, thanks for listening.